Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Lantesta. Today, Jim and I are going to be walking through Adventureland. For those of you that are visually inclined, you can check out this same show on YouTube.com. But Jim, take us through Adventureland. What's been going on and what is happening in the future? First of all, please notice the paint job on the building right here that you're not really supposed to notice. And that building? That building. What building? What building that has a private club that, that recently has joined Disney? I have no idea what you're talking about, Len. No idea. Adventureland is in kind of a weird transitory space right now because, of course, Disney has wrapped production on the Jungle Cruise movie, which is supposed to have a tremendous impact on this side of the park, but they just pushed the release date of that film back from October of 2019 to July of 2020. Was it to fill a, a hole in the studio schedule? Yeah. Anybody who's been following the whole James Gunn situation and how Disney basically let him go, which then impacted the fact that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was going to open as Disney's big summer film for 2020. So, yeah, they are moving their chess pieces around the board, but from the Imagineering point of view, they were really looking forward to getting the Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt characters here into this. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, no one can replace uh, The Rock, but... Uh... Again, it's always looked lovely. Of course, now we're standing in front of this Swiss Family Treehouse. Well, let's talk about the treehouse, Jim. It's, uh, it's a classic Walt Disney World attraction. Has not been updated in a while. What's going on? I'd like the viewers to notice the waterway that it goes all the way around uh, the Swiss Family Treehouse. That's one of the, way the, the reasons you have the bridge. Uh, this waterway right here. Yeah, right. that is where, back in the day, that's where the swan boats went. Ah, uh, the swan boats. They really went all the way back here? They went all the way back here. I mean, in fact, you get that's the whole gimmick. You circled the island, or you, you started over Tomorrowland, oh, you went the, under the went castle. sort of this way along the pathway. Yeah. Back in the day, it was a great, fun attraction. And now, this is just sort of underutilized. And over time, Disney has proposed so many different ideas for this area. I mean, at one point, they were going to pull down the tree. And when the company was heavily, heavily, heavily into Pirates of the Caribbean, at one point, you were going to have three of the ships from the Pirates of the Caribbean films docked here. Really? Well, yeah. it's, It's kind of ironic that Shanghai has its own Pirates land because this was initially where they proposed it. In fact, there was one iteration of the plan for the redo of Adventureland where Tiki Bird was basically going to be where the pirates all went to purchase their parrots. And, you know, (laughs) the the gimmick of the show was that, you know, they had just heard that Captain Jack Sparrow was auditioning parrots and everybody was getting ready, so. What do you make of uh, Skipper Canteen? So it's about average in terms of ratings for Disney World restaurants, but what has Disney thought about it? This was the, the first big restaurant that opened after Be Our Guest, right? The first heavily themed, we're going to go all in on a, on a concept. And what happened? Initially, they thought they had a great success because there was that drink that they served in the, the copper mug. They were open, I want to say, t- two weeks, three weeks, and they went completely clean on them. Really? You know, um, people went in and, you know, would order, you know, lunch or dinner and, and get two and three beverages, and they said, oh, my God, we've got a hit. But it was all of the speculators who were purchasing oh, yeah, them yeah. to go on, you know, to sell them on online. And since then, it's been kind of problematic. It's kind of an ambitious menu that 
kids really didn't enjoy, so was five months in, six months in, they retooled the menu? Retooled the menu, yeah. And that, that sometimes happens. That happens actually a lot of places mm-hmm. um, where, they'll, um, where they'll take a few things here, a few things there, mm-hmm. and, uh, and change off the menu. But this was a wholesale yeah. uh, redoing of the menu, right? Yeah. So that's uh, kind, of un- kind of unfortunate. And then coupled with the fact that it, in a weird sort of way, we're back in uh, Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor, Timekeeper, area, you know, that so many people would walk by the entrance of that. I mean, it's got a giant sign, but people still would walk by without seeing it. So they've been flogging and flogging and flogging to get people to be aware of it. I love the space. I love the tributes to the Adventurers Club and the whole, the CEAA organization. But, um, you know, sometimes you just have to admit that something's a little too inside baseball. Though, again, one of the reasons... Disney isn't doing anything yet because, of course, we've got the Jungle Cruise, the Jungle movie, Cruise coming. movie coming out. And the belief is that that will raise awareness. I'm thinking that the uh, the wait staff will all be uh, pumping iron and going as shirtless <laughs> as they can go in an eating establishment. And uh, you know, maybe with uh, they're all being taught how to arch their eyebrows uh, suggestively. Yeah, I did. it will be kind of interesting to see how the mythology of the movies folded in. Uh, by the way, that was... One of the reasons Disney finally greenlit that film, and they've been working on a Jungle Cruise script forever. In fact, you know, as far back as 2010, they were talking about as the follow-up to Tom Hanks and and Tim Allen doing the voices of of Woody and Buzz in Toy Story 3. uh, They were going to appear together for the first time live in a movie in the Jungle Cruise. And in fact, what was funny is that they were then going to basically swap personas that you had this grubby jungle cruise captain and this very fussy professor who had to go up river to find this magical tree that could give the tree of life. And so, of course, what did they do? They, they had, in much the same way that Tom Hanks was, was wonderful as the grubby coach in a league of his own, he was going to be the grubby jungle cruise captain, whereas Tim Allen was going to be the fussy professor. Seriously, Disney considers that its next franchise. Oh yeah, there's lots of jungles in the world. There's at least seven, right? There's at least seven big major rivers. There we go. But here's the thing, that, that one of the reasons they did that is they thought that Dead Men Tell No Tales was supposed to be the last Pirates movie. And what's kind of interesting about that is just in the past month, the guys who wrote Deadpool have been tapped by Disney to write another Pirates movie. So, oh, you, know, I, you know, who knows? Maybe Red will have another, be joined by another friend. That's fantastic. All right, Jim, let's, uh, let's go down and uh, look at the uh, the decor. We've already talked about Jungle Cruise quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Let's go down and uh, take a look at what's going on around the area. You've mentioned that there are there may be uh, changes to the ride based on the success of the movie. Could you, in like 30 seconds, just tell us what those, uh, what those might be, like what sort of highbrow concepts Disney's looking for? This has stayed consistently through all of the drafts of the film. The idea is you're going upriver and you're finding this tree that supposedly has major healing powers. Supposedly, already, there's a sequence in the attraction that's being prepped for that. A magic healing tree? Yeah. That means one of the scenes that have been here since 71 is going to go down and get changed out. Oh, that's all right, then. By the way, do you watch uh, Pawn Stars at all? Yes, yes, I have. Have you seen the episode where they auctioned off one of the old remote-controlled boats that used to be in this little area right here? Oh, no. I, I did see the one where the guy came in with the various costumes that he'd gotten from Disneyland, and I think he had a Haunted Mansion butler outfit, and he had an outfit from Pirates, but what did the boat go for? The boat went for, uh, I think, $6,000. Oh, <laughs> it was it was in working condition, though, and it, uh, with lights. Wow. So it was, uh, so it was very... But yeah, they used to be able to uh, pilot remote control boats along this little area here. There was an obstacle course. There were a lot of other things that you could do. 
with the boats, but uh, used to be there. Well, speaking of changes, though, of course, you know, we're here at the holiday season recording this, and the Jingle Cruise is now floating. And oh, that's right. You see the sign that says Jingle Cruise. So this is the uh, slightly modified yep. script to include holiday jokes. It is. It is. And can I tell the story about what was it last year when we did the event? And oh yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I guess there were sixty or plus people who were taking part in the event. There were two and boats. Two boats full of people. Two, two boats full of people. And Len was like, "No, here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to go over." Well, first of all, we 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 had our own scripts that we were developing for. Yeah. We had a, for every uh, for every event we do, we have several ideas that we sort of iterate yeah. over. But for this one, we had our own script. But then at the end, we realized we couldn't do the script because the skippers had to do the script, and they weren't, they weren't going to let us stand up. So our idea was, go ahead, Jim. You lend, literally pulls a group, and it says, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go over to the Jungle Cruise, but the thing is, you're going to commit. All right, everybody who gets on the boat, you're going to laugh at it. I mean, you're laugh. Laugh you're at every laugh joke. Like it's, like it's the first joke you've ever heard. Yeah. At everything. Everything. Clap and when you're supposed to clap. Applaud when you're supposed to applaud. And I have to tell you, me personally, I thought, oh, what is this? this I don't know if this is going to work. And oh, my God, we get on the boat. And from the the very first moment in the attraction, the very first scene where we laugh and, we, and we're all focused on the, the, the skipper's I mean, they kind of freak out because they... that's right. We were all paying attention to the skipper. We weren't looking at our phones. No yeah. one, no one was bored, and we laughed at everything when we were supposed to laugh. And it took them, I think, two jokes yeah. to realize what was going on. But then they really got into it. And the, by the end, remember the guy where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> "Is this what love feels like? Take that, Dad!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was honestly, you know, at the end, both of the skippers were so grateful yeah. and so enthusiastic because they'd never had this reaction. From a group of dead-eyed tourists before, and I've uh, I've heard from uh, from skippers after the fact that we're there, mm-hmm. uh, like through friends of friends, that yep. said if we ever do that show again, that kind of uh, concept again, mm-hmm. tell them they'll work that day and try and be the skipper. <laughs> they can uh, they can do it. So yeah, every time we've uh, we've done that concept twice, mm-hmm. both times it was uh, were super special. The uh, the first time we did it. Uh, we told one of the managers at the time what we were going to do, just so, you know, because we needed to get, mm-hmm. I think at that time, like five boats worth of people. Yep. And one of the managers actually got on the, the boat and oh. did the, the, the R-rated version of the script. <laughs> it was the, that, that's what she said oh. uh, script, wow. which uh, they, they made sure we couldn't, uh, we couldn't film or record any of it. But uh, I've, I've never heard people laugh on the Jungle Cruise that much. In, in one day. Wow. Jim, what's, uh, what's, let's move over. What's up with uh, one of my favorite attractions, Enchanted Tiki Room? Enchanted Tiki Room has suffered the same fate as Country Bear, uh, you know, in the, the ever-shrinking American attention span. Yep. When they brought it back up after Tiki Room under new management was, you know, changed out. Because of that mysterious fire, Willen. <laughs> The mysterious fire that almost certainly was not arson. There we go. When they brought it back, they actually pulled the entire Offenbach number out in an effort to shrink in the length of the show by three to four minutes. And when people come to Walt Disney World, what's the magic number again? It's 10 attractions, right? It's It's 10 attractions. Most people see on average about 10 attractions in the park. One an hour. Yeah. And that's the thing. What what they've found is guests are now hesitant to go in to the longer form attractions because, like, that's a... 20 minutes, that's half yeah, hour out of my day. It's one of the reasons why uh, at Epcot, Universe of Energy mm-hmm. uh, is no longer a ride, because that was a 45-minute commitment. That's it, exactly. And talking with friends who are working on the Guardians project, that is going to be a longish coaster experience. And when I say longish, it's going to be five minutes with the show scene. Oh, so there's got to be, uh, they're going to have to slow down the coaster for show scenes. Though. That's it, exactly. So in, in much the same way, for example... Seven Doors Mine Train. Well, so, yeah, Slinky Dog Dash. You know, you have the power scene in the middle, so... Anyway, we are now in front of Pirates, which has just recently come up after having yet another 
redo. I mean, I mean, if it's if, it, if it's a change of seasons, it's a change of scenes in yeah. uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, I, I think you and I have talked about this. It's time to stop changing Pirates of the Caribbean. Time to give some love and some money and some attention to other rides. But on the other hand. People are talking about the character Red that's been added to the auction scene. And they like it? Yeah, they, they, I mean, it's it's a, it's an amazing AA figure, but on the other hand, the fact that they had to do it, or they Disney felt that they had to do it all, you know, sort of speaks about where we are in the culture right now. Not that much of a, a way here. So, uh, so you think no major changes to, uh, to Pirates of the Caribbean? Until, of course, Len, the movie that's being written by the dead cool guys right, come right. out. And, and then, uh, then uh, every Imagineer will want to uh, put their own little take on of it. Of course, of course. Jim, one last thing before we uh, before we leave Adventureland. Mm -hmm. Up ahead, yep. past the sign that says Frontierland, but technically mm -hmm. still in Adventureland. Mm -hmm. Pirates Adventure Treasure of the Seven Seas game. Yep. Uh, not currently open right now. I think it opens uh, it opens later in the day now. But mm -hmm. what uh, what is that? Is Disney considering that a success? This is the game, folks, where you you walk around Adventureland, and I'm gonna try and find a, a spot for it. Um, you walk around Adventureland and go on little adventures. It's, it's like a mini Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. Here's one of the uh, here's one of the set pieces for it. But uh, you walk around and you try and help Jack Sparrow find uh, treasure. So here's one of the uh, one of the show seats. Very, very elaborate. Oh, totally, totally. And 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 look, in much the same way that uh, Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom has basically taken as many people out of lines around the park as a major e-ticket attraction has. I'm told that this basically occupies the same number of people who do Dumbo. So about uh, 1,400 people an hour maximum. Yeah, yeah I, I totally believe that. Yeah, and so. I mean, it works as what it is. And again, they, you know, you still have Pirates. It's still a popular franchise. It's one that the company is continuing to invest in. And you got to love the detailing. I mean, they really did commit. So one of the things that I really like about this particular thing, this little claw that's sitting on a, uh, a drum or a barrel is actually where you tap your game piece to begin the game. And this cabinet and that pot up there uh, are animated, and you see uh, lots of other things uh, happening around this seal. I love the game. I think it's fantastic. I know that uh, one of the reasons, uh, one of the things that D uh, Disney did to try and boost attendance or boost participation in was um, if you play two games, two adventures, I think there are six or seven total, mm -hmm. um, in Adventureland, you get uh, free fast passes for oh, that's right. Pirates that's of the right. That's uh, right. for your yeah. entire group. Let's remember with the Line Games app that they're talking about, that is one of the, the issues as well. That Wasn't that one of the conceits that if you play and you win, you get to step out of line? It's like an automatic fast pass? Or? Right, so uh, they've done a couple of things with the, with the Disney Parks app. Uh, mm. One is if you, uh, if you play enough games or win enough games, you get an actual physical pin mm -hmm. uh, in the parks. And uh, eventually, over the long term, I think it's going to be, uh, you'll be able to get fast passes if you do really well in the game. Well, again, if you talk with anybody at Disney, the, the, the problem that why that isn't being rolled out as as fast as one would hope. Software changes. Well, no, that's it exactly. And, and the fact that it has to not only work for the iPhone 7 or the iPhone, you know, the X. A, the XR. Yeah, it's Samsung, you know, the, 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 the iPhone drawing. XR4 Ti. And, and that's the thing. Creating something that works on all the platforms, it tends to be dumber, slower. Yep. That's been a certain level of frustration with management. Well, you call us into conference rooms. We sit around tables. You tell us about all the wonderful things you're going to do. We give you money, and then you bring us the play school version. And, and what happened? And it's like, what happened is that you know Apple changed its phone technology again on us. And, yeah. You know, yeah. So. If, uh, if Apple's changing its uh, its uh, operating system once a year, and your your release schedule is once a year, you're always behind. Yeah. No, that's it exactly. But 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 here's hoping that you know we, we finally get some of the stuff that we were promised with the the, the Disney Play and, and that sort of thing. 
All right, Jim, should we walk over to, uh, to Frontierland? Absolutely. All right, folks, you've been listening to the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. Don't forget to go onto iTunes and Stitcher or YouTube and uh, rate our show and tell us what you'd like to hear next. For Jim, this is Len. We will see you in Frontierland. <laughs>